Welcome to another edition of The Policy Shop, the podcast for the Illinois Policy Institute. I'm Joe Kaiser, and on this episode, we're going to be taking a deep dive on something you, as an Illinois taxpayer and potential voter, are hearing a lot about. And that's the possibility of the state getting a graduated state income tax, or a progressive tax. The idea is largely bandied about by Democratic gubernatorial candidate J.B. Pritzker, but he won't talk much about the specifics. So instead, we will. Illinois Policy Director of Budget and Tax Research Adam Schuster has researched and written extensively on the subject, and he explains why, behind all the rhetoric and political noise, a progressive income tax will certainly mean a tax hike for middle-class Illinois. As a resident of a state with already one of the highest tax burdens in the country, you don't want to miss this analysis, which you won't hear anywhere else, and it begins right now. Right now, it's mostly, it's it's kind of a campaign thing, and you hear J.B. Pritzker and Bruce Rauner talking about it in, you know, short sound bites, and they don't really go deep into it, especially Pritzker doesn't doesn't want to go deep into it. What should people hearing the word progressive in- income tax or graduated state income tax know? So first, I think it's great that we're doing this, because while it is sort of the centerpiece of uh, the campaign, and certainly J.B. Pritzker is running on the idea of scrapping the flat tax protection that's currently in our constitution and replacing it with a progressive income tax plan they haven't been uh, voters residents haven't been able to get any detail about that uh, from Pritzker himself so uh, the Illinois Policy Institute and Illinois Policy can provide that but the the one big takeaway if you got nothing else out of this conversation is that a progressive income tax is a Trojan horse for tax hikes on the middle class. Uh, above everything else, I want people to take away that it is not possible for a progressive income tax to fulfill all of the promises being made on its back. That includes things like you know closing our current deficit, paying off bills, billions and billions of dollars in new spending, and that's all going to be supposedly paid for with a tax on just the rich, uh, which, by the way, uh, we, we still can't get a clear answer on who exactly the rich is. So let's focus on that, because yeah. as just an idea that you hear once, it sounds good to some people. Is like, everyone knows Illinois has financial troubles, and then there's this idea being shopped around that, hey, we can get more revenue from just taxing the rich, and it could be a tax cut for everyone else, and people yeah. are overtaxing the state, so it seems like a good idea. Why is it a Trojan horse? Why is it a tax increase down the road for everybody? Yeah, well, the first thing you should know is that the median income family in Illinois would pay more in taxes under nearly every one of our neighboring states or nearby states' progressive income tax plans. So the one time J.B. Pritzker did get somewhat specific, he cited a couple of states. I'll just read them here for you. Um, In a radio interview, he pointed to Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Missouri as potential examples of what an Illinois progressive income tax could look like. And the median income family in Illinois would pay between $458 more and $962 more if we implemented one of those four states' plans. Um, So the the first thing is to just look around. Uh, The other big thing people should know is that there aren't very many rich people. Uh, About three-tenths of 1% of Illinois income earners make over a million dollars a year. Three-tenths of 1%. Uh, So like it or not, uh, the middle class is where the money is. I, um, so 
in income tax receipts are based on something called adjusted gross income in Illinois. And if you look at adjusted gross income, it's basically a bell curve, meaning there's very little at each of the tails and a whole lot in the middle. Um, and the middle class, there's just so many more people, that's where most of the money is. So if they want to raise any significant revenue uh, through this tax hike, then it's going to require a middle class tax uh, hike. And if they want to give tax cuts to the middle class, it won't raise very much revenue at all. Uh, even proponents of the of the progressive income tax haven't been able to come up with a good plan for this. Uh, Representative Robert Martwick's uh, progressive income tax would have raised taxes on anybody making over $1,700 a year. Uh, there's another group, it's called the Center for Tax and Budget Accountability. They put out their own version of the plan, which <laughs> they said it only raised taxes in the top 2% which would be somebody making over $300,000 a year, and it gave everybody else a tax cut. Well, the tax cut everybody else got was nothing. It was it was very, very small dollar amount. Um, and that plan would have raised taxes on anybody making over $300,000 a year and only raised about $2 billion. The reason that's important is because $2 billion is only the size of our current structural deficit. That's not enough to pay off debt. It's not enough for any new spending. Uh, and it's going to harm the economy. So in the long run, that $2 billion is probably an overestimate. So there wouldn't, <clears throat> there isn't really a number you can raise, magically raise, <clears throat> taxes on on anybody in the rich or the middle class to fix all of Illinois' problems. And you, like you said, there's not enough rich people to, to tax to just fix everything. And in what you said on the outside is J.B. Pritzker hasn't really defined middle class. He won't even give his tax rates, but he won't define what the middle class is. He was asked about it a few times by reporters and refused to say. And that, that should kind of scare some, some people is that we don't know which which bracket you fall into if your taxes will go up or go go down. Um, but if you were to, to just, if, if state government was to raise the income taxes to a certain level, how would they, what number would they have to get to to pay for all the programs that they want to keep? I know you've looked into this with yeah. J.B. Pritzker's plans in particular. What number would it have to be to make state government work? Yeah, so what we did, we've got a, a report on our website. It's called the Pritzker Price Tag. Uh, and what we did is we took public statements actually made by J.B. Pritzker <clears throat> new programs that he'd like to spend money on and we assigned a cost estimate to every one of those so basically you know think imagine you went out to eat at a restaurant you had a menu and there's a bunch of things you could pick from and there's a price associated with each of those items and all we did is you know come up with reasonable estimates based on government data or you know sort of nonpartisan research groups and assign a price tag and that's between 13 and 18 billion dollars of new spending that Pritzker has has promised people a tax hike of that size would mean doubling the Illinois income tax rate. So there's currently the the state currently takes in roughly 18 billion dollars a year in income taxes, which is the exact amount that JB Pritzker wants to spend. Um, and remember, in order for a progressive income tax to happen, first it needs to get on the, the ballot for a constitutional amendment, and then the next year after that is the first year they could do this. So fiscal year 2021 is the first year you could have a progressive income tax. So if J.B. Pritzker wants to raise taxes by $18 billion, uh, the first thing he's going to have to do is hike the flat tax. Uh, and that means $18 billion tax hike would mean that the median income family would see their taxes nearly double to $7,000 a year from 3500 right now. So when you say double, this is for everybody. We're not even talking about the progressive. You're talking about doubling the flat income tax rate. That's right. And there's a few reasons we, we did it based on the flat income tax. The first one, again, is that uh, for the first two budget years he has to work with, he would be stuck with flat tax. He has 
no uh, legal way to institute a progressive tax for the first two budget years. Um, and also, because he hasn't put any tax schedule out himself, it's impossible for us to estimate what the rates might be. Like you said, he won't even say what middle income means, what the rich means. He won't define any of these terms. So right now, it's nothing but political rhetoric. Uh, and when you, you, you mentioned earlier the idea of trust, this is someone, and you know, we don't endorse candidates. We don't tell people who to vote for. But this is someone who's running on a progressive income tax as the centerpiece of his campaign and will give you no detail about it. He's telling you that it's for tax fairness, while at the same time, public reporting, not from us, from from journalists, has shown uh, he keeps money offshore in the Cayman Islands. He engaged in a scheme to defraud taxpayers of $330,000 on a property tax evasion scheme. Uh, so this is not a champion of tax fairness who I think that we should trust with a blank check to hike taxes and to play different income groups against each other. Um, just based on his personal characteristics, we need detail from him before voters can be asked to approve a progressive tax plan. The, ref the refusal to <coughs> give specifics is, is almost scarier than if he did throw out some numbers. And, and if he did throw out even something close to what you've said, he would need to... to to make to raise the tax rates the refusal makes it just so it makes it terrifying it makes it feel like he are, he's hiding something and like he said his character on his income taxes or on his ripping out toilets for a uh, property tax break that's what is kind of scary and Illinoisans just last year experienced an income tax hike and what we're talking about a middle class tax cut that might in theory come under this proposal the reality is their their income taxes would be going down from 4.95. They're operating on this new reality now yep. of the income tax is no longer 3.75. And it was almost like when that went up, I, I did have the, the thought that this is kind of a backdoor way to make a progressive tax more politically feasible because now all of a sudden you're working from this new number, 4.95, going down to 4 or 4.25 or something is a tax relief for the middle class. Yeah, when they, in reality, they've, they've had the 3.75 rate before that. They, they take something away, and then you get something back, but not as much as they took. This is sort of the incremental growth of government and the incremental growth of taxes that we typically see. Um, yeah, I mean, I would not be <coughs> happy with uh, getting a, a small tax cut when I just saw my taxes, the, the median income family saw their taxes raised by over $730 last year. Um, and, you know, really, ultimately what this boils down to is that hiking taxes, no matter where you get the money from or who you get it from, is not the answer to Illinois' problems. Uh, we have a spending problem in this state, not a revenue problem. Uh, spending has grown 25% faster than residents' personal income. And continuing to hike taxes is just going to drive more people out of the state. And it puts us in sort of this death spiral where you've got diminishing returns for each new tax hike because fewer and fewer people are going to stick around to pay it. And you're going to have a slower growing economy that you're asking to generate more revenue. At a certain point, it's like trying to, uh, what's, the, what's the saying, wring blood out of a turnip? Is that, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that, that sounds about right. Yeah, it sounds about right. Uh, well, that's the thing that the, this political calculus that politicians make and they, they espouse in campaigns ignores is they're they're talking about you know what the income tax rate is going to be or if it's going to be a, a cut for the middle class. Persker is talking about fairness, but it ignores the reality that for an Illinois family, they don't they're not thinking about oh I'm paying more necessarily in income or property or sales. They just know they're they're paying too much in taxes. The overall tax burden is what hurts. It's not, uh, and I think people fall in this trap sometimes too. Is 
they get caught up in partisan politics and they, they might sure. hear it, which is why going deeper in this and, and doing the research you do and having these conversations is important because they might hear JB say, oh, it's going to be a, a tax cut for the middle class. The rich are going to pay more. It's going to solve all our problems. But Illinois families need all kinds of relief. They need property tax relief. They need they could use an income tax cut now. Um, it, it, I think the, the, the political noise around it ignores a lot of the realities that families face. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, it doesn't matter what kind of tax or whether it's a fee or a tax or anything. I mean, every dollar the government spends comes out of a taxpayer's pocket first. It's not their money, it's our money. Um, And ultimately, the way you get lower taxes is by reducing spending because government debt is nothing but a delayed tax hike, right? If the government's spending more than it takes in, that bill has, excuse me, has to be paid eventually. Um, so, yeah, families need tax relief, and that starts with meaningful spending reform. It starts with a constitutional amendment on pensions that uh, gives us the financial flexibility we need to make sure the government can live within its means while meeting essential services that people expect, uh, and a spending cap, which we've also proposed, which would tie lawmakers' hands so they can't spend more than um, what tax or what taxpayers can afford. Yeah, <clears throat> that debt point's important because... There's really no, with with how much money the state owes, there's really no tax rate that we can get to that will pay back. We're operating so far behind that it's not like we can raise taxes on the rich to 10%, 15%, 20%. And that's assuming all those few rich people that you mentioned stay in Illinois. I mean, people can move. And, and they won't. I mean, it's it's not only moving. Um, <clears throat> there's, there's several negative impacts of uh, tax hikes. Um, on the economy at this point. The, the the tax burden in Illinois is already too high. And further tax hikes are going to mean less economic growth. So our, our economist has written about this. Um, one of the problems with the progressive tax is that each dollar you earn gives you uh, a smaller return because the tax rate increases the more you earn. And so that decreases the you know the, the sort of marginal return on work. So in states with progressive income taxes, we see labor productivity decline. We see people's hours worked decline. And as a result, wage growth declines. And because wage growth declines, this is the one that's sort of counterintuitive for people. But inequality is actually higher in states with progressive income taxes. And inequality is growing faster in states with progressive income taxes. So the idea behind this is supposedly um, to make people more equal, right? That the rich will pay more and some of that money will be transferred to the poor and the working class. Well, in reality, because you're harming the economy and because you're harming investment and wages, you're actually making inequality worse because uh, it's not as easy for people to rise through the ranks. So what would the specific impact be on Illinois' economy if the progressive tax came? Um, well, it very much depends on the size of the tax. The $18 billion tax hike uh, that we calculated Pritzker would need would mean about 132,000 fewer jobs in the first year, uh, which is equivalent to the last three years of jobs growth. So three years of jobs growth just wiped out. Um, <clears throat> and about $31 billion in lost GDP growth or lost economic growth. You've mentioned the other states a little bit, and and you cited those stats about how it's affected their economy. But continuously, obviously, someone like J.B. Pritzker will go and mention those other states. Something he's ignoring, and I think the media hasn't really picked up on either when we're talking about tax burden, is those states also don't have the second highest property taxes in the country. And those states don't have just the overall 
tax burden that Illinois has. Now, JB has said that, you know, this will come with property tax relief. I think Rob Martwork might have said something of the same sort, some vague property tax relief. Sure. Um, why should people be skeptical of that? Why? I mean, what should if, if you're a, an Illinois voter taxpayer and you're hearing, oh, my taxes might go down and this is going to come with property tax relief. That sounds good. Where should the skepticism come from? Well, uh, I, w- I want to address two points you made there. The first is, <clears throat> you know, JB and, and other proponents will say, oh, these states with progressive income taxes are doing fine. They like to point to Minnesota, for example, uh, which arguably has a pretty strong economy, <clears throat> although economists in Minnesota will tell you it's not as strong as it looks. But they like to cherry pick particular policies, right? And uh, the economy is affected by numerous different policies. And a lot of these states are better on other things other than the income tax. So they might have lower workers' compensation costs, lower property taxes, um, you know, better sort of labor rules and labor regulations, lower general business regulations. Um, and so you can't just pick and choose and cherry pick the policies you want that they have without taking uh, the things that they do better than us and saying that Illinois needs to, to change on those as well. But on the property tax piece in particular, J.B. Prisker's property tax plan right now is not a plan. It's a wish and a prayer. This is what he's saying. Is it to rip out toilets out of your home? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so what, what he's essentially saying, to give him credit, is <clears throat> the reason property taxes are high is because the state doesn't spend enough money on education, so local school districts have to spend more. Um, <clears throat> there's a small kernel of truth there because Illinois... Uh, the local share of the education dollars in Illinois is higher than in many other states. Uh, about 66% statewide of property taxes go to school districts. However, he has not proposed any specific mechanism to actually reduce property taxes or even restrict their growth. So he's, again, a wish and a prayer. If I give schools more money, they'll cut property taxes or they'll slow the growth in their property taxes. Um, that's just not how government works. You know, I, I could cite public administration literature, which shows basically um, governments seek to maximize their own budgets. Bureaucratic agencies want to take on as much money as they can, and they will find a way to spend that, whether that's new infrastructure, new administrative positions, whatever it may be, they will find a way to spend the money. So if you give them more state dollars, but you don't put any sort of restriction on their ability to increase property taxes, there's nothing to stop them from spending both pools of money, and there's nothing to stop them from increasing property tax levies while they take more money from the state. Uh, so again, this it's a wish and a prayer. Uh, it's absolutely, and, and the income tax hike is very real. It's very direct. It will be felt. Um, and I don't think asking <clears throat> taxpayers to accept a real immediate tax hike on one hand for the vague possibility of lower taxes somewhere else makes very much sense. Right. But also the the income tax hike, like we said, is vague right now because it's talked about in a very abstract term. Um, so it's 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 tough for, for voters or taxpayers to understand, you know, navigate through all this and understand what's real and what's not. But the property tax thing is obviously something that a lot of people feel and a lot of people want to hear something about property tax relief. And for us, we've done the research, we've written about it. It's namely pension reform, yep. which when you're talking about JB's plan, I don't hear anything about that. In fact, in a recent uh, debate, he said that he would not support pension reform. Um, there is no way, it is absolutely impossible to get real pension reform, or sorry, real property tax relief without pension reform. 
there are municipalities in this state <coughs> Springfield is one of them where 100% of their property tax collections go towards their annual pension payment. There's other places where it's a little bit lower. In Peoria, it's 85%, but next year it's going to be 100%. Um, more and more property taxes are going to pay for pensions, not services. And so if you really want property tax relief, you need to tackle pension reform. Yeah, JB also said in, uh, I think it was the editorial session with Cranes, or the Sun-Times, might have been Cranes, that he wouldn't support uh, how Arizona tackled pension reform. Um, Which is ridiculous because uh, public sector unions supported pension reform in Arizona. Right. Um, and then he cited us about lying about uh, the numbers between behind how many six-figure pensioners are. So, I mean, then Cranes went ahead and endorsed him, which is a nice segue to another thing I was thinking of just now is how do you think the media has taken the idea of a progressive tax? Since it's been a big campaign issue, how do you think it's being written about, talked about? So I actually have seen a number of reporters sort of drilling J.B. Pritzker and trying to get answers out of him. How much money do you want to raise? What would the rates look like? Who are the rich? Who are the middle class? <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. Um, he dodges all of those questions, uh, uses the same sort of tired talking points. He wants to negotiate it with the legislature. Um, they say, okay, well, what would your first ask be? You know, you, you got to negotiate it, but what would your ideal be? He won't say that. Um, so I've seen a little bit of, of push on that. But there's also this concept of sort of neutrality bias where they uh, go, go so far out of their way to not look like they're taking a position that they don't fairly report factual information. Right, yeah. Uh, and I think that that's something that has happened with the progressive tax. You know, they'll say J.B. Pritzker wants to do spend more on this, spend more on XYZ, close the structural deficit, give a tax cut to the middle class, and tax only the rich. And they won't say that that is impossible to do. The numbers just don't work. And uh, to allow him to make those statements without, you know, and, and allow him to be vague on, on the actual numbers without correcting him and saying factually that all of those promises cannot be met at the same time. You know, you, you can do one of two things with a progressive income tax. You could reduce taxes on the middle income payers while increasing taxes on the rich. That's number one. Doing that's still not a good idea because it's going to harm the economy, but you could do that. Or you could raise significant revenue, which would require a tax hike in the middle class. JB is saying he's going to raise significant revenue and give a middle income tax cut. Both aren't possible, and the media haven't called him out on it. Yeah, I think reporters, you hit the nail on the head there. They they want to be neutral. So they say, Here, here's the things we know that we've been being told from the Pritzker <clears throat> campaign is... He won't release his rates, sure, um, and here are the things he's going to spend on. So just saying, like, we don't know what the rates are. Um, he hasn't answered it, and they don't connect the dots like you have. I mean, you've right. gone into the, the numbers of what he's spending and, and looked into it. Um, and I think JB is kind of he, – he knows that he can kind of just run out the clock on this, but the thing is – or thinks he can run out the clock on this. The thing is, it's a scary proposition if you're in the middle class in the state or you think you're in the middle class, and, and JB – won't even acknowledge that. Yeah, well, he, he's telling you that you have to pass it to find out what's in it, yeah, right? we've heard that before. And uh, regardless of his personal characteristics, if a politician tells you that, don't trust him, right? It, if, if your taxes are going to go up, 
or if anyone's taxes are going to go up. Before we decide to allow you to do it, we need to know who's going to pay more and how much more they're going to pay. Anything else is a slap in the face to taxpayers. So getting beyond, I'm, I'm glad you opened it up to other politicians because I don't want to focus too much on sure. this one, uh, even though it's a big deal that we have this gubernatorial election this year and this has been a big issue, not focusing just on J.B. Pritzker, but the policy itself. Because you sure. said in the outset that a uh, progressive tax is a Trojan horse for a tax hike on everyone else. What do you think, and we've addressed some of them already, what are some of the biggest myths surrounding this policy? Uh, you know, one big myth is that it won't hurt the economy um, or that, you know, states with progressive taxes are doing fine. It, it's true that there are some states where you can cherry pick and say, without looking at any of their other policies, that they have a progressive income tax and they aren't doing badly. That doesn't mean they wouldn't be doing better without one, right? Um, and when you do sort of fair economic analysis and you look at all of the factors that go into economic growth, you see that progressive income tax is uh, a net negative, right? Um, so in Illinois, we have all sorts of bad policies. We've got among the highest workers' compensation costs, among the highest property taxes, excessive business regulation, uh, high LLC fees, all sorts of things that are bad, <clears throat> you know, very, very strict occupational licensing requirements. So there's a lot of bad in Illinois. And one of the few good things we have that still allows us to attract companies here is that we have a flat tax, a, a fair tax that taxes people proportionally. Um, <clears throat> so that that's one of the big myths. Um, another one is that progressive income taxes uh, are about combating inequality. Because again, that's just not what the data shows. The data shows that because of the negative effects on economic growth, the negative effects on wage growth, that inequality grows faster in states with progressive income taxes. And uh, this is one of those things that's you know important to point out that, th that that's what the data shows, right? This is not a talking point. This is not a theory. This is what actually is borne out in reality. Um, you know, there's a, a great quote from my favorite economist, Milton Friedman, who said, you have to judge, po well, one of the greatest mistakes is to judge policies by their intentions rather than their results. Um, and somebody who's pushing for a progressive income tax and they're ignorant of the data may think that it will help fight inequality, but in fact, that's not what happens. When you've looked at other states, um, have you looked at, at all how they went to adopting a progressive income tax? You know, actually, I, I have not um, looked through sort of the legislative history um, of of progressive taxes. Some, some of them have been around for a, a long, yeah, long time. Yeah, some, some of these are, are really, <clears throat> you know, longstanding. And at, at the federal level, um, it's basically been that way since the beginning. The federal income tax originally only applied to the wealthy and, and basically uh, lower income folks didn't pay any income tax at all, which because of deductions and credits and things like that, many people still don't. Uh, even though they may think they do, they actually get back more uh, than they pay. And <clears throat> that's something we haven't touched on yet. I, I think another thing, another myth is that uh, flat taxes are regressive. Uh, that is some of the silliest political doublespeak that I have ever heard, the idea that a flat tax is regressive. Um, a flat tax, in fact, is already slightly progressive. Uh, in Illinois, we have something called the Earned Income Tax Credit, uh, which gives people a tax credit for, for uh, wages earned. Um, and we also have a standard deduction. And because of those two things, the 
so for example, if you make $10,000 a year and you have a $2,000 deduction, you only pay taxes on that $8,000, right? Whereas if you have $100,000, make $100,000 a year and you pay $2,000, you're paying taxes in a lot larger percentage of your income. So as a result, the more you make, the higher your effective tax rate is. The effective tax rate meaning the, the percentage of your taxes actually paid on income. Uh, so the wealthy already pay more in Illinois under a flat tax system because of those deductions. And that's something people don't understand as well. Right. And, and um, the wealthy in, in Illinois have, I mean, the flat tax is an advantage for us, like you said, that kind of cancels out some of these other things like high workers' comp costs, um, high property taxes. But the wealthy in Illinois have, and, and, and job creators have left the state in, in year, recent years and in the past. Absolutely. And we're, we're ranked among the worst in the nation on just about every business list you could, you could look at. Uh, Chief Executive Magazine, I believe, ranks us 48th in the nation for business climate. So going the other way, so not even just talking <clears throat> flat versus progressive, going the other way, opposed to moving from a flat 4.95 or 3.75, whichever you want to pick, mm-hmm. uh, income tax to, toward going to progressive tax, let's talk about going the other way. What sure. would you like to see the state do, either to its income tax or just reforms, a list of reforms and tax reforms and spending reforms that could be done as opposed to going the other way and, and instituting a progressive tax? Yeah, well, one thing I think is really interesting is uh, there are seven states that have no income tax at all. Some people will tell you nine, but two of those actually have taxes on capital gains, which is a form of income tax. But seven or nine, whichever number you want to pick, I'll I'll stick with seven because it's a more accurate one. Seven states with no income tax. Every one of those seven states also has lower property taxes than Illinois. So uh, if the idea is that Illinois has high property taxes because the state doesn't give enough money to schools, how come seven states are able to have no income tax at all and lower property taxes? So you know, the state has a lot of financial trouble right now. It's not something that could be done overnight. But I think a great goal would be the elimination of the income tax. Um, in the meantime, some just really simple, common sense, no-brainer solutions. A spending cap. Touched on it briefly earlier. What a constitutional spending cap would do is it would say state spending can't grow faster than a 10-year average of economic growth. Um, so if the economy over the last 10 years grew by an average of 2.5%, state spending could only grow 2.5% per year. And that's important because, again, taxpayers, the economy, are the funding source for government. So you can't have a government that's growing faster than our ability to pay for it, which it has been by 25% in the last 10 years. Um, the other thing we need to do is pension reform. And <clears throat> we can do that in a way that protects government worker retirement security, that protects the money they've already earned and that has already been promised to them, but changes the growth rate in pensions going forward. Uh, The reason we need to do this is because pensions are crowding out essential government services. They're they're leading to uh, income tax hikes at the state level, property tax hikes at the local level. Um, At the state level, in 1990, pensions were about 4% of the general fund's budget. This year was 27%. Okay, um, pensions are the largest, fastest growing share of our budget, and it's preventing us from spending money on things that people want, like education, like roads, like public safety. 
social services. Uh, that every dollar that goes to pensions means less for those things. Um, so we need to make sure that the pensions are sustainable and we can find the right balance between, again, protecting government worker retirement security, but also protecting taxpayers who fund those pensions uh, and making sure that our governments have the financial flexibility they need to manage their budgets. And, and, a, and a progressive tax or any kind of income tax increase doesn't do anything necessarily to address those cost drivers that you mentioned. That's that's the important thing, I think, for people to remember is looking at the spend side and reforming the spend side versus this, oh, what should the income tax rate be? I mean, it's an important discussion to talk about the income tax and, and what rate you want it to be, if you want it to be flat or progressive. But at the end of the day, just instituting a progressive tax isn't going to cure all these structural problems. Absolutely not. I mean, and, and again, this this is the thing, right? A, a progressive income tax is a unicorn, right? It, it, they're, they're using the progressive income tax as a catch-all solution to every political problem. How do you close a structural deficit? Progressive tax. How do you pay off the debt? Progressive tax. How do you pay for your $18 billion in new spending? Progressive tax. How do you cut middle income taxes? Progressive tax. It cannot do all those things at once, right? When a politician's trying to sell you a magic pill, a one-size-fits-all solution, uh, it's almost always false. So we'll, we won't do any political forecasting or prognostications, but let's just go into a hypothetical. <clears throat> let's say it's a year from now. Uh, we have a governor, J.B. Pritzker. Sure. Uh, and let's say the General Assembly make up the same, just for the sake of argument. What is the process uh, toward getting to a progressive tax? And like you said, it'll take a couple of years, but what um, what would the steps need to be for Pritzker and, and whoever supports progressive tax to move toward it? So the first thing that needs to happen is it needs to pass through each House of the General Assembly, the House and the Senate, with three-fifths majority, so a supermajority of votes. Then it doesn't go to the governor. Constitutional amendments don't go to the governor. It goes direct to the voters uh, for a ballot referendum. The earliest that can happen is 2020, the general election in 2020. So two years after JB would hypothetically be elected. Um, <clears throat> then it needs to be approved by a majority of voters voting in that election. So 51% of Illinoisans or a majority of the voters who vote at least. So which election would that be? 2020. 2020, okay. Right, so in the, in the 2020 election. Um, then the following year, they could actually pass a bill that would set those rates. So the, the proposals are not to put the rate schedule in the Constitution. It's to change the Constitution to allow a progressive tax and then follow up with a bill or an individual piece of legislation that would set those rates. Um, but again, it's critical for us to know what those rates would be before you ask someone to vote on it, because the the constitute the, the the flat tax protection is is a protection. It prevents politicians from using the politics of envy to play different groups of people against each other, to prevent them from saying, "Well, I'm not going to hike your taxes. I'm just going to hike their taxes." Well, I was going to ask you, what, where did the, uh, the the flat tax protection come about? How did that find its way into the Constitution? You know that's a that's a good question. I'm not, I'm not sure uh, the the constitutional history of that. I, I'm I'm much better informed about uh, the the pension clause and, and where that came from uh, from the convention. But uh, <clears throat> you know I, I don't know it it was, was in the 1970 Constitution for sure. Um, I think it might have actually been in the Illinois Constitution before that as well. So it it goes back for decades. But it does protect, like you're saying, the the politics <coughs> of envy. So taxpayers, since it's going to be a long process, taxpayers do have opportunities beyond just how they vote in this upcoming election to to stop this or Absolutely. to have their voice heard. 
knowing the rate, will they for sure know the rates before they end up voting on a constitutional amendment, or is that just up in the air? Uh, I would say they most likely won't, because again, that this they're asking for a blank check. They're asking for the ability to play different income groups against each other. They're asking for the ability to hike taxes, and they don't want you to know what those tax rates would be ahead of time. Because, <clears throat> to be frank, what they really want to do is spend more money. And if they really want to raise significant revenue, it virtually guarantees that this will be a middle-income tax hike or a tax hike on everyone, potentially. Uh, could maybe, It's possible that they could hike taxes more on some people than on others, but they don't want to give you that detail, right? <clears throat> they would rather that you vote on vague concepts like punishing the rich or tax fairness, um, things that you know sort of Orwellian doublespeak where they don't need to actually put numbers on it before they ask you to support it. It's amazing that politicians would <clears throat> take that approach. I guess it shouldn't be surprising, especially in Illinois. But in our state, I just think people have been so fed up and so frustrated with politicians for so long, especially in a state where we see numerous powerful politicians go to jail and our state is known for political corruption that you have politicians banking on voters not asking for specifics not demanding for specifics over this really crucial policy over a span that could be three or four years and that's that's incredible I, really. I think they may I, you know I, I'm not sure <clears throat> so you know if J.B. Pritzker were to win I don't think that that necessarily means he has some sort of mandate for a progressive income tax, right? Elections are often <clears throat> uh, referendums about the incumbent as much as they are about the challenger. And uh, the the first way that members of the Lincoln lobby or taxpayers overall, <coughs> excuse me, can fight this is by asking their legislator not to vote uh, yes on a resolution that would put this on the ballot to ask their senator their state senator and their representative to vote no and to keep the protection for the the flat tax and we at the Illinois Policy Institute worked on that our, our government affairs team did a great job communicating with lawmakers in Springfield on their position on a progressive tax and I think that's an important thing for people uh, in the Lincoln lobby listeners to know is it's not no matter what happens on November 6th, it doesn't mean, oh, progressive tax coming, we have to you know, flee to Indiana or something. That's right. There's a long battle ahead, and it still could be stopped. And like you've been saying, is it should be stopped because in this one of the most overburdened, over overtaxed states in the country, um, this is going to be a Trojan horse for a tax hike. Yeah, and it's one of the few advantages we have, right? I mean, there's, there's so many disadvantages Illinois has with our economy, with our ability to track, <coughs> attract investment, companies, residents, many other states in the Midwest have a progressive tax. So why would we want to give up one of our few advantages? Right. And last thing, do you think the proponents of this genuinely believe that this is a catch-all? Because you, you, you mentioned, you know, they're saying progressive tax is the cure-all for all of this, all these problems that the state sure. has. Do you think this is a genuine, you know, answer that they believe? Or do you think that there's some kind of, you know, political, let's say, deceit behind it or just kind of... Uh, using this as a popular position as a back backdoor way to, you know, get more spending. I think it's probably a mix. I, I generally try to stick to the facts and to avoid making assumptions about people's intentions. I, I will say, <clears throat> when I got involved in politics and public policy, 
I was astounded at how ignorant so, so many politicians really are. Yeah. Uh, I want to name names, but um, it, it it's breathtaking that these people are making decisions that affect the lives of Illinois taxpayers and that affect our ability to, to earn a good wage and provide for our family when they really don't know what they're talking about. So I think it's possible that many of them have good intentions, certainly not all of them, uh, and that they're just ignorant of the facts, and that's why you've got the Illinois Policy Institute uh, here to advise them. I think that's fair to say, and I, I think back to one, I, I won't also <laughs> name names, but uh, a lawmaker when the income tax hike passed last year, uh, I'll say he's, uh, you can figure it out for yourself, Democrat rep from the western suburbs, specifically Hillside, um, <laughs> who tweeted, it's not a 32% income tax hike. I'll never forget this. Oh, it's a 1.25% income tax incre- increase. I won't name his name, Chris Welch. Um, <laughs> who, and it was just astounding. He, he eventually deleted the tweet and, and after he got piled on by people, but not to crap all over politicians. Inability there, to do basic division. Yeah, there is some ignorance <laughs> yeah. there. And that's why it's important for our listeners, our followers, and, and concerned taxpayers across the state to stay in, engaged on this issue and don't give up on November 6th or whenever, if, if this doesn't go the way the election was hoping for you, hoping you would go. Um, it's a long fight ahead. There's a lot of information that still needs to come out and, and a lot of uh, feedback that taxpayers can give to politicians about the issue. That's absolutely right. All right. Adam Schuster, Director of Budget and Tax Research. Thanks so much for talking about this today. And if you're not subscribed to the Policy Shop already, uh, please do and give us a nice five-star review if you can. Adam's work on the progressive tax, as well as his analysis of J.B. Pritzker's spending promises, can be found, of course, at IllinoisPolicy.org. We'd also like to invite you to join our private Facebook group, The Lincoln Lobby, to stay engaged on updates in the progressive tax fight. As Adam said, it could be a topic of debate for years to come, and it's important that you let your voice be heard. Thanks so much for listening today, and until next time, this has been The Policy Shop. (laughs) 